Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. How are you doing, Dad? I'm doing, well, I'm doing all right, Steve. I've got a bit of a croak today, as you can hear. Uh, over the weekend, it was a bit... You sound, uh, you sound better than you did a oh, couple of days uh, yeah, ago. Yeah, I, I, I found it very difficult. But no, I'm, I'm back to my, nearly back to my normal self. You do a lot of talking nowadays. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Probably more than you did when you were working. Um, well, no, no, not really, because when most of the time when I was working, especially in workshops, and um, I, I did, I was talking more or less nonstop then. Yeah, yeah. So no, I probably don't know no more than I used to. Um, but as, as I'm getting a little older now and crotchety, I'm finding it. <laughs> what is crotchety for anyone else that isn't British? Oh, it's it's a, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a saying when as you get old and you get uh, a little bit um, worn down, I suppose, everything starts to wear out. <laughs> Including your vocal cords. <laughs> and then be, because of all of that, you become a little grumpy and you know that sort of thing <laughs> and you crotchety is a word that combines all those things together so are you glad you don't do workshops where people could see you grumpy oh no 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 i'm not grumpy no no i'm never grumpy no i'm just it's it's only it does get a little annoying sometimes because the especially if you're doing the videoing and you hear it cracking your voice and oh goodness but um I think the the content is the important thing, not the, not the value of the voice. I don't think people are yeah thinking oh, croaks uh, there. And yeah, no, I don't. They're think not they, they they're not analysing that. No, too busy no. watching your hand. Yeah, but uh, I can't help it. Can't change you know what you are, and uh, and I'm not going to stop working. Fortunately, my hands aren't crotchety; <laughs> they're still working really well. <laughs> oh, good. Well, it's good to be doing another podcast so soon after the other one. Uh, a lot of people got in touch with us and said how much they were enjoying that. So, all right then, let's uh, let's crack on because we've got a lot to talk about this week. After after saying last time that we didn't have much to talk about, this week we've got loads to talk about. Oh well, good, this, good. that's well, the way it goes, isn't it? Everyone thought, oh, all right, guys, you haven't got much to talk about. All right, well, <laughs> we'll give you something to talk about. Um, first one comes from Laura. She says, so glad to hear you guys recording podcasts again and to hear that you're going to be doing them more regularly. Uh, I just love hearing you and your dad laugh when you're chatting. It's such an infectious and genuine sound and just makes me smile. Your banter about what the next project coming up would be while trying to remain evasive was absolutely hilarious. We were pleased to know, Laura, we actually did. We did work it out. (laughs) Not straight away. It was later that day we finally realised. Well, I had it in my mind, you see. When I said to you, you said, what should the next subject be? And we talked about it. I said, that that um, still life would be nice. Oh, that's a good idea, you said. Well, you had one still life in your mind and I had another. Yeah. Because we had two. Yeah. So um, that's why it all got And I, I didn't know it because I hadn't even looked at, I, I must have seen the one that you did. At some point, you must have shown me, but I hadn't even got round to touching it, like right. editing it. Right. It was it was a, it was a card on my desk that I'd not even looked at, so I didn't even <laughs> have that in my awareness that that project even existed. So then I was like, okay, well, we can do that one. I've just got to get on it quick, <laughs> <laughs> which, you, which you have, which I have, yeah. So it's it's ready to go. So that would be, um, yeah, that would be out February. It, it's worth it though. 
it's a, it, it's, it's it's a, a good one. It, it, it's very, very, very different. And we'll talk about it a little bit closer to the time. Yeah, very different. Yeah. Um, I was very pleased to have Colin cover the question on the ways to blend on pastel mat because I bought it from your shop some time ago, but have been hesitant to try it out since I am uh, most comfortable with the ongre. It's good to see that Colin is doing more projects on pastel mat so that we can follow along as well and get some experience with it. Thanks again for providing such a great website and learning resource. I can't wait to see what is coming up next. I do hope it is a still life of bananas in a £10 voucher. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of pastel map projects coming up. Oh, there are. Not <clears throat> well, just I've impressionistic been, ones as well. I, yeah, I've been working um, for the last year on uh, a lot of pastel map. I've done a few on grey as well to keep it going. But um, the reason I'm doing that is we want to advance the website. We want to give people... Um, the people by now would be and are um, much more proficient. We're seeing this in the pictures that have been sent to us. So they're going to catch up to me eventually. So I thought, right, I've got to stay one step ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm doing now is more advanced uh, content, which in turn, I mean, it's going to take a little while for it to come out, of course, so people will still be um, having to wait a little while. But when it does, it's going to uh, knock people's socks off. It, it, it has mine, and it did you when I showed you some of the work. And once you get into a into a paper, which I have to do with pastel mat, you're finding that there are things that you always would love to do and love to see, but thought, no, you know that that's just not possible. But it is. And what I've done, been doing, as people will see in some of the things I've done, what you can conceive if, if in your head you think this is how i would like it to to be as it was with oil in the old days you know the oil artists the great artists would have seen something I, I really want to achieve this result and they have and they can and so can we this is a nice thing now there isn't anything i've come across recently that i haven't been able to achieve now that's quite a quite an undertaking and, and I'm still learning. Uh, um, the few, last few pastel mats, I thought, um, I've utilised the techniques and the that I've learned and put them to good use in some of the more realistic kind of pictures as well, not just the, the impressionistic ones. So I'm really pleased, and people should get start getting really excited, as I was. Is there more Cretacolor in as well? Yes. Oh, yes. coming up in these ones oh, at the same doubt. time you're expanding people's experiences to pastel mat you're mm. also expanding them to another range of mm. pencils well to give you an idea of, of how this is working just today i'm working on a new uh, picture just started a new picture and i was thinking now uh, i'm going to use quite a lot of grays here now in the in the faber range you've only really got the 230 and 233 or that's in the cool colours, or you've got 270 and 273 in the warmer colours, and you don't usually put those together. But they are very similar, 233 and 273 is so similar, so you wouldn't necessarily use it together. So what I did here, I found five greys. Three of them were Carbothello and two of them were Creta colour. So it's extended my range. Mm. So I, had, I was using 230, 
183181. So that was my three greys, which is all I would have had normally. Mm. And what I would have had to do is mix those together to mm-hmm. give me different tones. Now I've injected two colours into that with Creta colour. So I've now got five. Mm. And so this, you, is, this is... No, um, there's no carbothello then? Because you just, no, you just, I no. think you made a mistake and you said Carbothello, but you meant Faber. Oh, did I? Yeah. So oh. there's three Faber and two Creticolor. Yeah, sorry. So I thought, okay. No, <laughs> we're you're do... quite right. There's two Faber. Three, three, three Faber, Faber, two Creticolors. Two Creticolor, which give you a five, a total of five. And I used all five of those colours in this particular section that I was doing. Is it the Creticolors are giving you in-between tones? That's right. Exactly. Yes. Mm. Yes. The, the, the range of Grays in Creticolor is amazing. Mm. And I had the sum that I haven't used yet. Really? No. So, wow. So um, it, it's wonderful to have. It's wonderful to have that kind of thing, that kind of resource at your disposal. Mm. And, of course, Creticolor uh, with its 80-color range and the pit with its 60-color range, it gives you an awful lot of colors. So, 72? 72. Is it? 72. Oh, it's 72 in Creticolor. Creticolor, yeah, oh, 72. Okay. But... It's only because we sell a lot of them, I think. (laughs) I've seen a lot of boxes go out um, off of the store. So people are snapping up those those ranges. It is a lot. It's a lot of colours. So, no, I I think the the Creta colour has been an absolute, um, a really good uh, product to have brought into our Mm. um, colour range. I I didn't, and I haven't used it really with the Ongre necessarily, um, I still could, and it still could be used with Ongre, mm. but it's just because I've been working on the pastel mat yeah. uh, extensively over the last year, I've tended to use it with that. Mm. But they work really well with the uh, bit pastel pencils, mm. really well together. So do um, Carbatello. Carbatello is a little bit more chalky, I found, but right. that, that can be an advantage too. Yeah. Cool. All right, then. Okay, back to some emails. So this one is from Carolyn. Uh, Caroline? Carolyn. Um, and Carolyn left a message on our Udemy course, and we put it on Facebook. She said um, she did the sunset, the free sunset course, and she said, I used this course to teach my son, age nine, how to do colouring in different ways uh, than just fill in fields with a single colour. I had no pastels at home, so I just bought bog-standard colouring pencils. I made most of the lines showing my son how to colour the next bit every time and let him do the rest. It came out really well and he was super proud and wants to do another one tomorrow. Well, that that warms your heart, doesn't it? The fact that you've got youngsters really keen on trying to to do something creative like Mm -hmm. that. Um, And uh, people have seen, because we put it on Facebook, so people would have seen it. And you've got to remember they're nine years old, so... You wouldn't expect very much, but um, what I was most heartened with is how much he enjoyed himself mm. and wants to do another. So this is this is where it all starts to happen for people. Mm. Well, it's something like she said; it's something a little bit more than just colouring in a box mm. with one colour. Mm. It's like it's testing out something a little bit more mm. complicated, a little bit more in depth. Yes, it's, it's being creative, you see. I mean, mm. just filling in. I mean, all, all artwork is creative. Even if you've got a colouring book and you're filling in the mm. different colours, it's still creative. But the real creativity is when you're, you go outside the box, basically. You're working in, with, in, in amalgamating colours together 
And when you can achieve something like he's achieved, you can understand his excitement. Mm. So long may that continue. I'm thrilled with that. Yeah, that was lovely. Okay, uh, the next one, which is the last one, actually, this is from Paul. And um, Paul's sent us a few questions, so we'll cover them step by step because Mm. there's some really good content in here. Okay, he starts off by saying, Dear Colin and Steve, I've finally taken the leap into attempting my own art. I began by attempting some projects with polychromos colouring pencils, which I enjoyed and liked the result. But as you know, it is a very slow process, layering and blending colour with coloured pencils. Also, it can be quite difficult to correct the inevitable mistakes one makes as a beginner. Uh, I then came across your YouTube videos and what a light bulb moment. I'd never seen pastel pencils used before. How often do we see this though? People using colour. I've had recently a lot of people ask about colouring pencils. Can they use colouring pencils for the projects? And Mm. um, it's such a shame that um, that 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 medium is so accessible, yet Mm. it's also quite restrictive in a a certain extent. Mm. Um, Anyway. Uh, I bought a full set of 60 pastel pencils that almost completed your free tiger portrait uh, in just three evenings, which would take at least four times as long if I was using colouring pencils and mineral spirits to blend the colours. That's right. So first of all, he asks, um, Colin, I have bitten off more than I can chew. Some time ago, I promised my daughter a floral bouquet piece for a specific spot in her home. I designed a composition that combined flowers representing the birth months of our family members and a few special selections, such as my wife's favourite, blue hydrangeas. I don't know how to say that word. Hydrangeas? Probably that, yeah. (laughs) And red roses as a symbolic of love. The composition would also include chrysanthemums. Chrysanthemums. Carnations, daisies and asters, all of various colours, as well as some foliage and greenery. All of this in a vase in the form of a watering can with a brick and mortar motif. In the background, I wanted to include a portion of a map of Ireland representing our family history. I'm thinking that all this could be done in an impressionistic style and as attempting realism would seem a stretch. Am I correct in that conclusion? I just finished. He says, clearly I do not have the skill to carry out such an ambitious project. Thankfully, my daughter is a patient person. So here's my question. Am I daft? As your Brits would say, (laughs) can I develop the skills to complete such a project within six months to a year? I have no formal training, but I have a good eye for tone and color and I'm highly motivated to practice and learn. Is this, is he biting off more than he can chew? Yes. (laughs) How would you, there's obviously a lot in this picture and you've done a wild flowers picture, which is uh-huh. very advanced, which has got loads of mm. um Well, first of all, in. there's two sides to this. Um, first of all, to do that picture with so little experience, it would be a nightmare. Even with experience, if you asked me to do it, I would hesitate. Mm as a realistic kind of picture. Yeah. For an impressionistic picture, it's really, really hard. When you look at impressionism, you think it's easy. I did. When I first looked at impressionism, oh, it was a piece of cake. When I got to do this, do that. And never, that's the furthest from the truth. When I first started, in fact, within a few years of doing um, 
artwork. I tried to do an impressionist picture, failed miserably. I thought, what a mess is that? <laughs> and I gave up. And I never touched impressionism again, although I still loved it. And then with the pastel pencils, I was playing around one day and I did the Renoir. Do you remember the Renoir we did school about four or five years? Six the bouquet, the holding That's a bouquet. Right. Yeah. yeah. I thought well, I'd try that. I, thought, I was a little hesitant, but I tried it and it worked. Now, I'd had a lot of experience with the pastel pencils and a lot of experience at art by then, a lot of teaching. And bear in mind, I'd been teaching for 18 years before 1965. So this was all of that background. 1985? 85, I mean, all of that background. Uh, and I did and it worked very well and people were pleased and people have done it and that's fine but I never really started again until last year then I thought well I really I really feel I'd like to have a go at this and it was then that I realized that I could do it and have done an awful lot since as you know there was a lot a lot in the and I've loved every minute of it now, what I'm trying to say is all that experience that I've had, all that teaching experience I've had, so covering every single subject you can imagine, using a lot of impressionism in, in backgrounds, particularly, mm. uh, I've done... Uh, well, like the Victorian the, children, the, the, the Emil Vernon Poster one. Yeah. And people know how hard that is because they try to do a background like that. They've failed. Well, they, I mean, you know, they haven't quite achieved it. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm. Now, to... to a, do something like um, Paul is suggesting. Well, what can I say? I would, if it was, I was Paul now, I wouldn't say um, Colin's given me a negative reply because that might seem like I have. I'm just giving you my advice on this. I would just do one flower or two flowers as a practice run hmm. and try to do it in an impressionistic style. Now, if you achieve it, then you can possibly think, well, I'll carry on. Mm. But putting all those things together would be really hard anyway, however much skill you may have. So my advice would be to put a toe in the water, really, and just try. That is Paul's, one of Paul's next questions is, should he practice individual flowers Absolutely. of those species oh. mentioned? Um, yes, I'd, 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 yeah. just, I'd just do a couple. I wouldn't do too many, just a couple just to see how you feel about it. The other thing you could do, and this is always a good idea, is to uh, look at all the impressionist still lifes that you see around. There's an awful lot on the internet. You, gosh, so many. Yeah. What I would suggest you do is to try look at those, look at Renoir, look at um, Cezanne's still life, um, look at any anything that's got the flowers in it, and try to copy the ideas. I mean, the one that I did... Um, the Manet, uh, the bar at the Folies Bergère, that one, um, that's got some flowers in it. You could even just do that little section that I got, do the whole thing, just that one section. Mm. Watch me as I did it mm. and how I did it. You'll see that it might look easy until you try it yourself. But that's another way you can practice and, and see whether or not you have the skill level to be doing it. Because when you're doing it for someone, you've also got the added pressure that those people are going to um, you know, be seeing it. And if it's someone that you know, how are they going to receive it? Yeah. It's very, very difficult to do that as on a, almost on a commission basis. So if you start doing realistic flowers, 
like you know the realistic like we've got the rose and we've got the mm. tulips and we've got lots you know mm. the flowers on the site if you just start doing those and then you could start doing your own individual mm. flowers of the ones that he's suggested that are in that's his good, picture that's a good idea you could just do one one of those to start with and then just try to mm. do a more of an impressionistic picture mm. what it's a mistake to think that the impressionists just slapped it on and yeah, it worked. It's, it All those impressionist artists were great artists anyway. They could um, do what we've done, standing on their heads. But they, what they chose to do was something that was more spontaneous. They wanted to do it. A lot of them were doing it, you know, in an afternoon or an evening or morning or whatever, you know, just out in the um, life, uh, you know, as they see it. So they had to capture the sunsets and they had to capture the lighting. So they had to work very quickly. Mm. And it's a mistake to think that they just slapped it all on because they didn't. Mm. It was it was a lot of design in that. Mm. And I revisited, as you know, um, a couple of weeks ago, I revisited the exhibition in London. And once again, I was completely taken. It took me over again. Mm. Absolutely wonderful. And I expanded it this time because they've got an extra areas now that you can you can look at mm. with beautiful work some of it wasn't i've got to say to my it wasn't to my taste anyway uh but uh anyway i hope that i sort of answered that part of the question i, I don't want to put people off of trying it but if you did try it try it without putting the commitment that you wanted to do it for somebody because mm. that makes it more difficult for you mm. you're under pressure mm. Uh, one of the questions Paul asks, I don't think we can actually answer because we haven't seen the picture, but um, he asks, when combining so many colours, what choice would you use for the background and then mounting the picture? Because um, the room, he says, has a medium grey uh, walls and um, with indigo trim and painted shelving and things like that. So... But you can't tell until you've done, like you say, when you do a picture, mm. what colours mm. will suit the background. Absolutely. And then once that's done, then you pick the mount mm. because it's got to be con- like um, complementary to each other, haven't they? Everything's got to work together. Yeah. Mm. And also, if the rule is, you know, similar to what you say with the other pictures where some of the colours that you use in the picture go in the background, mm-hmm. until you've done the picture, you don't know what colours you've used. That's so right. Therefore, you don't know what's going to go in the background. That's right. So that's just something to highlight as well, you know, not necessarily knowing where your background's going what your background's going to be. I think I'd worry first of all to get in the picture done, beginning the picture uh, structured. Yeah. Then the background would take care of itself, you know, mm. usually. And also the also you you say this before and we actually have this. The more pe- pictures people do, mm. the better they get. So like Absolutely. we've had people that have just do picture after picture after picture after picture after picture and you see their progress just go straight through. Mm. So Paul's question about how, you know, length of time, you know, should you try it? Well, it's dependent on how many pictures you do, right? Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Yes. The more experience you get, the better you will become. Mm. That's without doubt. So another question Paul's got is that in your podcast, you mentioned this. I don't know if this question really applies now because it's changed since this these podcasts but in your podcast you mentioned that you regularly use just 40 or so of the 60 pencils in the pit set can you provide that list is that still applicable 
Um, Do you find that you yeah, use... Yeah, it, it probably would be, yeah. Uh, There's still colours well, that you don't really touch on the pit range? No, no. Uh, the answer is no, I don't. I use nearly all of the colours now. Yeah, but and, regularly there are still... Yeah, but... Uh, no, I couldn't really answer that question. No. no that would be too too difficult. This is where the podcast, over the course of mm. six years nearly, I think mm. it was 2013 or 14 that we started doing them. There's I mean, I can, I can give him a couple. I can give him white ivory and usually 230. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and very often you can use the 187 or 186, one of those. Those two, these are colours that usually are regularly used. Mm. Um, but beyond that, no, I, I would be. In, that would be really difficult. Each picture has got a different range of colours. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Third question. Honest answer. Was Steve a brat as a child? <laughs> he, he says because his brother-in-law is a successful actor who was always starved for attention as a child, but he turned out great <laughs> and a successful actor. Steve seems a great guy and your pride in his efforts is obvious in the podcast. So very nice to hear. <laughs> so I've got to answer this, haven't I? I've got yeah, Dad, yeah, you have, yeah. And I've got to answer it truthfully. You have, yeah. <laughs> this, if this well, podcast cuts off in a second, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, take your finger off the button. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um... The, the truthful answer, folks, and you, you probably won't want to hear this, is Steve was a wonderful child. Oh, no. <laughs> no, he was, he, and uh, both my wife and, uh, and I agree. Well, we've got four children. All of them were great kids and are great kids, and they've done really, really well for themselves. So we're very proud. But we, I think my daughter Becky was probably the one that you could call that. She was a bit of a... <laughs> She was a bit of a handful. She's lovely now, and she's got a couple of lovely children. So it, it all turned out in the end. But Steve, uh, in answer to your question, was no, he was not at all. He was, um, uh, he always did what he was told, which is very unusual, isn't it, in a child? <laughs> and um, uh, I'd, 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 I'd learned from three older siblings i think you, no, did, you did you did you know. no 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 the answer was definitely no um we've been really really fortunate yeah good well that's a good answer finger off the button excellent <laughs> <laughs> um so just to tie up paul says your podcasts are a joy and you're a marvelous team i drive up to 1500 kilometers per week for work so podcasts are a godsend you've kept me company recently from boston to to Birmingham, Alabama, to Atlanta, and across many of the states. So keep them coming. Uh, well, this one will last a little bit longer now. This will take up half an hour of your journey. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I hope you enjoy it. Well, thank, no, thanks for all the, the questions. These questions feed us, and of course we, we feed off them. So uh, keep them coming. Yeah. But no, it, it's it, very interesting, some of those points that were raised. And uh, I, I think that the, the fact that, um, with all hard work, you, you have to look at you have to look at the subject first of all. Decide what, for instance, what I'm doing at the moment is a picture, and uh, I only this morning actually set it up. I thought, well, now I've got a I've got a, a lovely animal right in, in in the center of the picture, and what I wanted to do the background was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. But the problem was that 
the animal was a bit lost. Now, it was a photograph, so you've got no choice. The person who took the photograph's got no choice. Mm. And it, 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 you couldn't see the stag. <laughs> no, it wasn't a stag. <laughs> it's all right. It was, it was like a stag. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you couldn't see the, the animal at all. It, it was, it was well, you could, but it was, it was lost. Yeah. So, as an artist, you're looking at that and thinking, now, what can I do with that background? How can I make the animal come forward? Well, what I decided, what I have decided to do, is to do the animal first. That would then give me the uh, all the colours that I would use. Mm. Then I would do really. I would. Um, copy the idea of the background, put it all in fade, a bit like a you know out of focus, and only bring in where the animal is standing in focus. Now I don't know if it's going to work yet, folks. I'll have to let you know on the Ducks podcast, but I'm sure it will. But this is the sort of thing you've got to look at when you're studying an image. You've got to how can I make that image stand away? From a photographic point of view, it's completely different to an artistic point of view. Mm. You have a different uh, viewing audience, really. Yeah. And uh, so these these are that's only one tiny example. There's so many I can give you uh, that mean that you all all artwork has got to be taken and thought about before you start. This is why coming back to Paul's question about what he wants to do got to really think that through which is the most important is the flowers the most important because if there are everything else has got to take second place you can't have a you could have a watering can in in them in the picture and so the watering can and the flowers would be the focus of attention but everything else really has got to fade Mm. into the background Mm. so you've got to really think that through otherwise it could be too busy very much so. You're, like, like you just said, it's a viewing audience that you you're thinking the, about. You lose the point of the picture. Who's, what, who's looking at it? What are they going to be drawn to? Mm, yeah. yeah, very interesting. Though this is one of the one of the things what I love about art because you're it makes you think to start off with, and then you've got to think all the way through it because you've got to take each step at a time. Mm. And once you've got the subjects in, and then um, eventually you end up with hopefully. Um, a really good interpretation mm. of the, what you had in mind. Mm. Fantastic. Okay, good. Well, this has been a good podcast. Um, so check out the still life that will probably be out by the time this podcast uh, goes out, I would have mm. thought. Because mm. um, yeah. it's February. Well, we can't talk about it now. We'll have to talk about it then, eh? Yeah, we'll yeah. save it for next time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks everyone for listening. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy, Enjoy your week. week.